0: Hey everyone, this is your girl Amber, reaching your potential. In this episode, I have one of my good OT friends here on the podcast, and she's going to talk a little bit about her experience as an OTD student. She's about to actually finish OTD school, which is very exciting. Another doctor in OT and a black female, which is awesome. Like, I don't even know how to even explain it. But she's also going to talk a little bit about a business that she also started, which is pretty cool. So. Let's get started. All right, so as I mentioned, I have one of my good OT friends. Actually, my OT friend that I had in my previous episodes she introduced us (laughs) um i forgot how but we just kind of connected and the the rest is history so i'm so excited to bring my friend marcy here on the reaching your potential podcast and she's going to talk a little bit about herself and how amazing of a person she is so Welcome, Marcy.
1: Hey, y'all. So my name is Marcy. Um, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, but I currently attend Jacksonville University in Florida. I am in my last year. I graduated in May. I can't wait. Um, of my Yay. OTD program. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here as well. Um, and thank you, Amber, for this opportunity.
0: Of course, not a problem. I remember when I was thinking about creating this podcast, you were on the top of my mind to bring on so whenever i was planning to have interviews and bringing people on the podcast you were the first one of the first people so thanks again for allowing me to ask you and to be a part of this so thank you again <laughs> no problem. all right so i always ask everybody who comes into the podcast who's somewhere affiliated with ot when did you find out about ot
1: Okay, so I've known about OT for a long time, but um I'm not gonna say I was interested in OT at first. Um so it mm-hmm. took me a while to actually explore the profession and see why I wanted to be an OT. So I actually used to work at a PT clinic. Um they didn't have any OTs there, full staff. So yes, we had someone that came in. She did like hand therapy and things of that nature. And I was like, hmm, let me look into OT a little bit more to see what's going on with this profession. Because I was <laughs> in the process of figuring out life um, after graduation of undergrad. Um, so once I started exploring OT a little more, I realized all the different settings OTs can work in. And then when I realized that it was rooted in mental health, I'm like, okay, that's me. <laughs> so i was like let me figure out some things that i can do because um i was working full time at the time so i was unable to do my hours during regular business hours Um, so i reached out to this hospital here in new orleans and they let me come in on the weekends in acute care and when i went into the acute care setting for ot i fell in love because Mm -hmm. i just like i just love the patients i love the profession i love everything about it so i think as far as ot what really drove me to be like, okay, I want to be an OT and I'm going to apply is um actually seeing the holistic approach we took with the patient. We are rooted in mental health, but we do see the patient as a whole, mentally as well as physically. Um, so I think that's what really drove me to OT. At the time, I didn't know what setting I wanted to work in, so I was just open to all different settings. It really helped me see, like, we can work in a lot of different settings, I can change it up if I want to sometimes, stay right. in one setting. Just the flexibility of the profession really is what brought me into the profession.
0: I love that answer. I feel the same way that occupational therapy gives you so many options. You're not in this one box or this one scope where we have to focus on a, like a biomechanical approach or just working on strength. But as you said, we look at the person holistically and the mental health is so important. I feel that people don't really look at that when they're treating patients. When you're speaking to them or giving them news that may be challenging to swallow, you have to think about how are you saying it and how is it going to affect the client? OTs are so great with that, using therapeutic use of self and showing empathy and sympathy too, but mostly empathy saying that we're here for you. We may not know how you feel, but we're here for you and giving you the support that you need.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, we also, um, also like OT as well, because as well as we're there for the patients, we're there for the caregivers as well. So just making sure that we're educating them along in the process so the patient doesn't have a re or kind of relapse, just making sure that we're treating the patient as a whole as well as their family member that's present as well.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I feel like even in the job that I have right now as a geriatric OT, I'm always doing caregiver education. The patient is either living with their spouse, or they have a home health aide or somebody there caring for them. And I'm always not just providing patient education, but also caregiver education, because that's going to increase the carryover, and of course, as you said, decrease the the chances of them being readmitted to the hospital, or maybe, unfortunately, may not even be able to live back in the home. They may have to transition and live in a nursing home or some other some setting, depending on their level of assistance that they need.
1: Yeah, I agree. I didn't know you worked in geriatrics. <laughs> Those yeah, are my I do. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. I love working with the older adult population. They just have so much wisdom they are just they're just easy to talk to I don't know the conversations that I have with my patients are they're so funny at times (laughs) Uh, I I always have a story
1: (laughs) yeah I agree I love geriatrics too um I'm working with my capstone with them and they do give me stories every time I talk to them
0: never (laughs) know and it's
1: unfiltered it's unfiltered but it's a lot it's so
0: unfiltered (laughs) it is so unfiltered I remember this one time um, because we're in COVID now, we have to wear all this PPE. So majority of my patients don't know what I look like. <laughs> like without <laughs> the mask and the shield. And my job gave us these it's, it's crazy. It's this big, big picture of my face. Oh wow. I'm like, first of all, I'm not going to be carrying this <laughs> at Doesn't all you to wear that I around. Um I don't. I just keep it oh. in my back. But they, they were expecting everybody to wear it. So at least your patients know what you look like. But I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, so one of my patients asked his home health aide, hey, like, I don't know what Amber looks like. Can, like, she send a picture or show a picture of herself? So I was like, okay, I'll show you on my phone what I look like. So I showed him a picture. And he was like, wow, you're so pretty. Oh, okay. <laughs> God. Oh, thanks so much. That's so nice of you. He's like, why do you have to wear all that stuff? I'm like, well, I have to for your safety and my safety. And it's just so funny that like patients want to get to know you on a a personal level, especially older adults.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So we talked a little bit about how you got into OT, um, even like the mental aspect. So that's going to kind of transition into your business fine-tune can you tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah so I have a business called fine-tune um fine means is the physical aspect of being healthy tune is the mental aspect of being healthy Um, It does have a number on the end, 128. So 12 is when my mom passed and eight is when my father passed. So that's how we put them together that way. So basically it's just a mental health and a health and wellness platform. So we are just making sure we're bringing awareness to end the stigma of talking about mental health and just providing resources for individuals that may have mental health things going on and scared to talk about it, just normalizing going to therapy. Um, and things of that nature and just making sure that we're healthy all around. So I know, especially with like our generation, a lot of people don't wanna normalize mental health because of stigma around it. So just making sure that as young professionals um, that we're just making sure that, you know, I'm human being as transparent as possible um, and just providing that platform with those resources for individuals as well. And just also adding the healthy side, the physical side to it as well. So making sure you're working out, you're getting some activity throughout the day, you're eating healthy, they'll all help with your mental health. Not only your mental health, but also your sleep patterns that help you get more energy throughout the day to move throughout your work day or your personal day. Just making sure that we're just a community to help you be physically as well as mentally healthy.
0: I love that. Just the combining the physical with the mental and I've been following your page since you created it and I just love all the different content and information that you provide from, as you said, the mental aspect and taking time for yourself if you are feeling overwhelmed. I love the different challenges that you've done for the month where you have to do a certain exercise each day to tag you in it. It is just so engaging and that gets people going to really understand that we have to think about our mental health and think about moving and eating healthy foods because all of this is correlating to how healthy of a lifestyle we're going to have. If you don't focus on that, life will be so challenging. If we don't focus on our mental health, so I thank you for creating that, and um, it's it's just a great idea. And even I'm thinking about the Black community, that we don't really take the time out to focus on our mental health. We're known as the people that just overcome and don't take time to kind of take one day at a time, just breathe or go to therapy, exercise, eat healthy. It's just those little things that if we take that one little tweak, it can make a big difference in our lives.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just making sure that we're caring for self, too. Because you can't pour Mm -hmm. from an empty cup. And, you know, we're always on the go trying to help everyone else. So just making sure we're bringing awareness to our self-care as well so we can help others.
0: I agree. Do you plan to kind of combine, fine-tune with your OT practice once you become an OT practitioner?
1: Yeah, so I definitely do. Um, although they're separate right now. Um, I do plan mm-hmm. on combining with OT. I'm just basically showing it through my treatment approaches with my patients. So yeah. kind of just combining it with different talks and things like that. I'm also bringing awareness to OT through the platform because a lot of people are like, well, what is OT? Can you get me a job? I'm (laughs) like, that is not what we do. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) OT do see patients holistically, just making sure that we're combining that physical um, with our patients. So whether it's the biomechanical approach as well as the mental with our patients as well. So I do plan on in the future combining the two together. um, Exactly how, I'm not sure. But right now, just Mm -hmm. through treatment approaches and just bringing awareness to the profession through the platform.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea um, to combine the two, you know, like when the time comes, because it does embed what OT is about, you know, it brings that holistic approach. It focuses on the mental aspect and the holistic approach of like how we see a person or the holistic view of how we see a person. I think that's great. And implementing it into treatment sessions is key. I know like for OT, we always focusing on like a certain frame of reference or a theory. How do we match that theory or frame of reference into treatment sessions? And fine tune already embeds how we approach a patient, how we discuss different issues or topics that may not be discussed on a regular basis. And how can we make sure that their mental health is being cared for throughout each session in order for them to meet their goals so I think that's that's awesome and I feel like I don't know I'm thinking like in the future but you never know like this can be like a whole new like frame of reference type of thing you know I never thought of that but
1: that's a good idea Yes, so then thinking about the different things that I've learned in school and I'm like yeah I could see how that could be a frame of reference. I think that would be a good idea. Um, but also just making, like even with OTs, we see a lot of different chronic conditions, um, just yeah. different ways that the patients can probably prevent it or maintain it. It's just by physical activity and changing their diet. Lifestyle redesign yeah. is something that OT does as well. So just making sure that we kind of implement those different um, changes in different lifestyles, such as healthy eating, or um, just adding like 30 minutes of physical activity, or maybe just throughout your day using household goods, lifting things higher, putting things lower. Just uh, we can do different home modifications to make sure that they are getting some exercise or activity throughout the day. Maybe just encouraging the patient to park a little further if they are able to um, at the grocery Mm -hmm. store, Um, things of that nature, just making sure we're meeting the patient where they are. And it just brings me to, I did take this geriatrics elective and we were ex- exploring like a, um I would say like a lower income area. So my teacher mm-hmm. was like, well, if they are on a fixed income and the only store they have in the food desert is Dollar Tree, what would you do? So we had to go in there and make recipes at the Dollar Tree. And it was, oh, and I was wow. like, oh, that's not going to be that hard, like healthy recipes. But when you start looking at like the nutrition facts on the back of like Mm-hmm. Processed food and canned stuff. So I was like, "Wait a minute, this is harder than I thought." So oh. just making sure, but you know, Dollar Tree sells fish now. I don't know the quality. Oh, they do. They sell some frozen fish. They sell a few things um in there that's healthier than others. So I'm not gonna say that's completely, <laughs> but uh, just making sure that we bring awareness to our patients with that, cause some people might not have the education to know okay this is the only store i have so i'm gonna get chips but uh, besides chips right. maybe i can get the baked chips or something like that just making mm. sure that like i said we're meeting them where they are but also helping them um maintain their health as well so that's just another thing even like the canned vegetables it is so much salt yeah in like I, it's so, so much sodium. yes the same give them high cholesterol. <laughs> So, just making sure, okay, if that's the only option they have, educating them, drain the juice out, maybe, and then rinse it off and then prepare it that way. Just different life hacks. Just working with the patient, um, making sure that, and I don't really like to call them patients all the time, working with the client. The
0: client. Working with right. The client
1: <laughs> to make sure that they have the things they need to maintain their condition. Or just prevent getting another condition, such as diabetes right. or high cholesterol, obesity. Those are just mm-hmm. a few that I've seen here in New Orleans, and you know, because the culture, of course, it kind of just goes with the culture. <laughs> but just making sure yeah. that we're kind of balancing things out,
0: right? That is an interesting project. I wish that my school did something like that because it's just so hard when you, when let's say you're giving a patient or a client recommendations like, oh, you need to eat healthy, but they don't have access to healthy foods, how can you still provide a quality-based skilled care that, as you said, will meet their needs? And I think that's fantastic that your school was able to provide that project, because if you continue to stay in an area where you know you're going to have clients that don't have access to a farmer's market or supermarkets with healthy foods, you know, this is going to be the place where they get most of their foods. How can we adapt, modify, and still try to at least maintain their health in the most effective way? And I think that's so cool that you had to, you know, think outside the box, be creative, figure out recipes with even the most unhealthy <laughs> foods, you know, like, okay. I I like the idea about the vegetables, you know, like washing it off, like maybe that might take some of the sodium out because most of those vegetables are, um, they have all those, like the water already embedded within the can. So I'm sure that's so much sodium, maybe eliminating the water and washing it off may help than just throwing it on a plate and heating it up. And it's also working on a lot of other skills too, you know, which is like the fine motor Um, asset coordination and cognitive all this other stuff so it's really great to see that we're thinking outside the box and also preparing for situations that may occur in our field before we actually enter it so that's awesome
1: yeah and then even um we did the tape project I don't know if you heard of that but basically it's just different color tapes on items like the steps to preparing a meal. So we could say, let's see. So for instance, like say the canned vegetable, you know, you have Mm -hmm. to rinse it off. So maybe you put a blue piece of tape that means empty the products out, like drain the liquid out. And then you put a red tape that says rinse it off after that or something like that. Just color coordinating the different steps to the recipe so they can be able to follow them easier as well
0: oh wow no i never heard of that method before using the tape that's that's pretty cool i have to look that up so we talked a little bit about the we talked about some ot things we talked about fine tune let's talk a little bit about your experience in an otd program because i went to a school that was a master's program I know it's a little bit different. I know you guys do a little bit more research. You said you're currently doing your capstone right now. Yeah, just tell me a little bit about your experience since you're about to finish off in May. So experience has been,
1: it's been interesting, but great at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. I say
1: interesting because I did have to transition from Louisiana to Florida. I've never been to Florida before. Never heard of the school Mm -hmm. before. didn't know a soul. So um, that's just the transition from to college in general. So once I got there, I would say, um, since we are the inaugural class, um, it's kind of, we call ourselves the guinea pigs. My cohort is really small. There's only 15 of us, all girls. Um, Oh, wow. So that was interesting for us as well to come. But I really liked it because it was more family oriented because we were really small. We we were like we knew everything about each other. We still know everything about each Mm -hmm. other. And our professors are very (laughs) down to earth and they have like an open door policy. So that helped a lot with the program as well. Um, I think that helped me transition easier to Jacksonville because since the program was small, the school is also small. So it's kind of easier to get the resources that I needed. Um, whether it was resources in different topics or the curriculum, or just needed a ear to talk to about what was going on in the program or life, things like that. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate the program for that. As far as the curriculum, I think the curriculum was designed well. We are OTD, so it is more research-based. So we did have okay. a research project that we had to do, which was very, very fun. Um, I actually did Mom for Wellness Rx, which is community-based intervention slash specialty. We went into an urban community and we partnered with Mayo um, Clinic and we did some exercises and we also did some healthy eating. They brought in some different um, schools to talk about like blood pressure. They brought the seniors out on Saturdays and provided um, meals for them, um, groceries for them. We did like a dance fitness class for them. Um, one of the girls taught yoga. We did some mental health um, things such as stress relief management. So that was fun for our research project. And we basically was exploring the benefits of a wellness community, a wellness program in the urban community, effects okay. on the seniors' um, health. We're currently still in the middle of that project, but um, so far we have got good results. We did do some transcription last semester. Um, and a lot of people had good things to say about what we were doing, and they gave us some suggestions for things to do later. But we did want to explore if the incentives were taken away, would they still come? Because mm. Saturdays they did give out free groceries, and it was real good groceries like meats, vegetables. <laughs> like, they gave out all some the good stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we just wanted to explore if that was taken away, would they still participate? But from what I can see when we did go over there, um, they did enjoy us being there as well as the other students and programs. So I think that's good. So a lot of our program is kind of centered around, it's like the basics of OT and then in the first year. The second year goes more into more specialized OT, such as like pediatrics, the geriatrics course, the mental health course. And then also my third year, which is the year I'm in now, we finish our coursework after the second year and then we go into our um, rotations our field works so we have mm-hmm. three one-week field works during the first two years and then we have two three months and then our capstone so i think the program prepares us well for things like that um they make sure we're well rounded so we're not going to do like all peds court all peas rotations all geriatrics they kind of mix right. it up So for me, I had adaptive sports, which was community-based intervention. Um, So we were working with individuals with disabilities um, in sports. So we did like cycling and golf. And that was during the peak of COVID. So like a lot of the sports was canceled. (laughs) But the ones we had and we were able to do, we did them. We did a lot of virtual things such as yoga and game day and support groups and things like that. But um, so it was more of the non-traditional fieldwork rotation but it was still very beneficial for me to see especially during the times we're in and then my other one was in acute care so that was really fun i literally was working every day all day (laughs) but it was really really fun um i did enjoy that one And then the one I'm in now is my capstone, which I'm doing with the New Orleans Council on Aging. So I'm running a program called Binger Size with the seniors. So basically they play bingo, they roll it. It's out of Western Kentucky, um, but it's the first time they're in Louisiana. So they'll play bingo for a few, we'll do a few rolls. We'll do an exercise and then we'll do like a health literacy piece. And then we just kind of start off with the seniors. Uh. And that's (laughs) right now because, yeah, because of COVID. But yeah. I'll tell you how that goes on Monday because we haven't started. We were supposed to start last week, but we had problems getting the hot spots because the center uh, uh, hot spots for everyone in tablets so they can participate. And then right. this past week was Mardi Gras, so you know how that goes. Oh my God! <laughs> right? So like, yeah, we're not coming on Mardi Gras. So we're starting our program on Monday, so we'll see how that right. one goes. But I think it'll be fun. Um, I also work with um, doing a senior support group. So basically just opening a platform for them to talk, see what their needs are, what OT is, and how we can help them and things of that nature. So that's where I'm at right now. So Yeah, I think the program's really good. I think it prepares, I'm not gonna say just my school specifically, but in general as a whole, I think the program prepares you um, for a clinician, whether it's OTD or MO, what is
0: it?
1: I think the main difference is the research aspect and the capstone oh. project for it. But yeah, I think it's really good. I'm excited. I'm excited and nervous at the same time because I'm like, wow. <laughs> and then I knew that because we have this other class, Professional Development, and they had us look up different jobs. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm um, I'm almost there.
1: (laughs) Guess I need to do this. And yeah, I think that was very helpful as well to see the job market in New Orleans because that's where I plan on practicing after graduation. So
0: yeah. Nice. No, it really sounds like your program prepared you for all different areas of OT from the non-traditional settings to the traditional settings, working with P's and adults and having the opportunity to kind of go into something that you're passionate about. And giving you the chance to, you know dive more into it. So I really enjoyed like all of that that you mentioned. I remember my my MSLT program. Like we had a little research, but not as much as you said from like the doctoral program, but um, my field works are just the same way too. We had two um, field works for Petes and other ones for adults. And then we had an additional field work, which was specialty. So we were able to choose within whatever setting, didn't matter which population. And we kind of were just there for eight weeks versus the 12 weeks that were required for the program. And I think the specialty aspect in the program was my favorite because I was able to focus on the adult population and try to get a field work in the setting that I really want to end up in, in the future. So that's inpatient rehab. And I love inpatient rehab because you're able to see the progression of the client and while you're working with them for a long period of time. And it's not just, it's not too long like home health, but it's not short like acute. So you're working with a client for about at least two weeks. They're actually having therapy every single day for the week. And just that aggressive therapy that, they're getting PTOT speech depending on what they need. You're seeing the progression and I just love that setting so much. Uh, I was in Georgia for that one, so just being outside of New York during the summer was great. <laughs> and um a lot of my clients were even asking me why was I <laughs> why was I in Georgia when I'm I'm from New York. I was like, well, I need a new scenery. I just need <laughs> something new, you know. <laughs> and um they will say, I have the accent. And I'm like, I definitely don't have the accent you guys do. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And it gives you a good idea of where you want to end up. So I'm sure from all your experiences in your doctoral program that it gives you a good idea of the goals you have for yourself as a practitioner and where you want to end up at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it did. It really did. Because at first, I'm not going to lie, when I got into OT school, I like, I want to do PEDS. I was, then mm-hmm. I started, like, seeing PEDS and kind of exploring PEDS. Like, yeah, PEDS is not for me at all. Yeah. <laughs> not for me at all. Like, I always liked PEDS, like, pediatrics, because that's what I was used to. But yeah, after a while, I was like, "Yeah, that's not for me." And it's funny because my teachers all know that too. Like, they were like, "Yeah, (laughs) Marcy's not a piece Like, they tell the cohorts now. That's like Marcy used to love peeps, and then she thought she wanted to work there, and now she's with the older people, and that's her babies.
0: (laughs) I was like, "You're right, exactly." They are. They (laughs) sure are. Yeah, a lot of people they lean towards peeps because, like, oh, I get to play with the babies and play all day and but there's so much to think about when you're working with peas, like developmental stages and yeah. Oh my goodness. Like that just, it was too much for me. And I, I did like the labs in my OT program. We had like a baby lab where we were able to like play with the babies and all the other stuff, which was fun. But then knowing that you have to learn all these assessments and then the developmental stages for writing and cutting scissors and cognition, I'm just like, Okay, when can we get into the adult block? Because I'm so done. With it. That's how I was. I was like, okay, so when is this over again? <laughs> I did, So I did an evaluation.
1: Um, we went to an autism, well, ABA center, I would say that. And then okay. the client that I had was on the lower end of the spectrum. Never worked with mm-hmm. them before. So, like, I was like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. I can do this. So I went into the eval (laughs) with me and this other student in him. Went into the eval. Like, he did not want to participate. He started running around. My first instinct was, like, I'm going to run after him because it's a kid. So, like, and the lady was like, no, you don't run after him. I was like, what am I supposed to do? What did I do wrong? (laughs) But, yeah. So we had to end the session early. And I was just, yeah, this is the icing on the cake, meaning I need to stay with my, my older adults. But I was just like, yeah. but they were in, it was an ABA center. So, you know, they actually have to do some behavioral interventions. And that yeah. was like, you can't run after them. Like, okay, I didn't know that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> good to know, noted. <laughs> That's how I felt with one of my P field work. It was my level two. And I felt like one of these kids, he honestly needs to be in a behavioral center because he just has a history of just inappropriate behavior in the classroom with students, with teachers, with staff. I remember hearing that one time he bit a teacher. Before he would push the students, he would hit the students, all this stuff. And of course, I had to work with him, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with him. I'm like afraid that he's going to like come after me. And if he does, I can't just like let him just hit me or like bite me, you know? Like so, I'm thinking of like all these scenarios in my head. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, is this boy like tries to bite my face. We're gonna have an issue." <laughs> <laughs> it's so scary so I was like this is why I can't work with kids like, if I work with kids it would be very limited <laughs> but I, I do I agree I was like yeah no if I had to I would if I had
1: a choice yeah exactly no, not at all
0: like if I have options you know like if I had to choose between one or the other I'll lean towards the adults
1: <laughs> yeah definitely
0: <laughs> yeah So um, since you're about to finish your doctoral program and everything like that, do you have any advice for anybody that's interested in a doctoral program? If there is something you wish you knew beforehand, what would that be? Um, I would
1: say first, follow your dreams, um, because a lot of people get caught into what everyone else wants for them. So just Mm -hmm. making sure that you're following your dreams throughout the way, Um, do research on your school. Make sure that they have what you want. Don't settle for anything less. When I say that, meaning if you want a particular specialty, some schools offer those classes, some schools don't. So just making sure mm-hmm. that you're researching the curriculum, as well as the professors, the faculty, what the program stands for, their mission, and things of that nature. And also the city. So don't just go to a school <laughs> and be like, oh, I want to go to the school. And you get there, and then the city is like, Blah because (laughs) although education is your main priority while you're there, just making sure that you have balance in life as well. So just researching where you're going, making sure that you have all your ducks in a row, reaching out to former students or faculty prior helps as well. Just making sure that you see uh, from all perspectives. So like, just making sure, like see what the student's perspective was in their program. How did they feel about the program? just being transparent with yourself as well. So do you really have the time to put forth into dedicating to an OTD program? Uh, When I say time, it's because it is time consuming. It's a lot of work. Um, It's a full time job. And Mm -hmm. just making sure that you understand that you're there for school first, um, but you can still work, right. but making sure you're there for school first. Just being open and honest with yourself as well as your professors about life. So things come up, no one's perfect. Just making sure that you're open about that. If you're not understanding material, making sure that you're asking for help early rather than late, um, because it's okay not to know. But when you wait till too late, then you're like, okay, what I supposed to do now? Um, as far as applying, apply early programs are expensive to apply for very expensive to apply for so just making sure that you are applying as early as possible so you are in that pool early um and just being confident in yourself just making sure you know what you stand for you know your values knowing what you want going into the interview um knowing what you want going into the program and not settling for anything less and just having fun in the process like you're in school but you still gotta have fun like don't just sacrifice your like your mental health and your self-care mm-hmm. because you're in school like find a hobby while you're there do something that makes you happy get involved in like organizations um ot organizations such as aota if you're into politics apoc things like that just making sure you stay involved um co for diversity just finding resources um they also have mv National Black Occupational Therapy Caucus. I always mix them up with the test prep.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> no, um, here.
1: <laughs> just finding resources that benefit you as a student um, and then can benefit you as a clinician as well. There's people out there to help. Just making sure you find them. Nice support group, your study group, making sure that you create a schedule, you stay organized, create a self-care day. When I say self-care, that means mm. don't open your emails. Um. Mm-hmm. You can still do a little homework, but not a lot. Just making sure you find balance in life, too. That will help as well. Because school is stressful, I will not lie. Um, I did work while I was in school, which was very stressful. But, you know, I made it do, made it happen. But um, just making sure that you're honest, like I said, with yourself. And just have fun, I think is what I would tell people for that.
0: Yeah, I think those are some great gems you, you drop. Like, definitely enjoying the process. Having fun. Like, I know school is tiring. Like, I remember there were times where I was so stressed and like, oh my goodness, is it worth it? <laughs> like, But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know that like, you have to do this in order to reach your goal, which is to be an occupational therapist. So never letting that one temporary moment get the best of you and having a self-care day. It's so key. I remember my way to de-stress is working out, um, even painting at times. Like I love to paint. So um, I was involved in my, at my campus, we had a church support group. So it was like a women's connect group. And me and my friend were like the, like the co-leaders for it. So we'll always have to create different events during the semester, either like once a month. And one time we had this like de-stressing event where we'll just paint and sip like apple cider and just like talk and it was just so much fun because like those type of things where you don't have to worry about school sometimes it's just good for your mental health your well-being and if you're always constantly working 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 studying studying and studying you get burnt out you get tired you get extra stress and you become more overwhelmed on what you have to do so it's really important to take some time out of your schedule for yourself, whether it's an hour, two hours, the whole day, just take that time out. It is so key. And I remember that I took my mental health very seriously when I was in grad school. And I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. Because I think some people, they're like, oh, I don't have time to, you know, take a day for myself. Yes, you do. Make it count. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs>
1: And then also I would say being present in the present moment. Because like in grad school, we always worry about like what's going on around us, what's going to happen next week, what I didn't do right last week, being present where you are right then. You can't change Mm -hmm. the past. You only can learn from it and you can't predict the future. You only can work towards it. So just making sure that you're in the present moment because you're going to stress yourself out trying to figure out the next moment. And you don't know right now. So just.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I like love this one quote. By Theodore Roosevelt, it says, do what you can, what you have, where you are. And I'm like, that is so true. Like, you can only do what you can in the present moment. We don't know what the future will hold. We can't change the past. We can't control the future. We can only deal with what we're facing right now. And mindfulness is so key. I love how we talk about mental health and like how our mind is and how we can take time out for ourselves. Mindfulness is so important knowing what you're doing right now. Sometimes our mind wanders and I know for a fact, my mind wanders all the time <laughs> and um, sometimes I have to take a second to really focus on what I'm actually doing in the present moment, whether it's just reading a book or washing the dishes, walking or you know whatever activity you're doing. But being mindful of what you're doing at the present moment without your brain, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about what you got to do later in the afternoon. <laughs> it's so hard, but once we yeah. practice it, it will become automatic.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm the same way. Like I always, I'm always thinking about what's happening like next week or like overwhelmed with stuff that don't have nothing to do with what I'm doing right now.
0: Just right.
1: being mindful, like you said. And then like, I see, I found like small little things, like opening the window when I first wake up kind of helps me as mm. well. Um, or just maybe going for a walk first thing in the morning if you don't have time to go work out or whatever your physical activity will be um, in the morning. Just little things like that I I found help me or like even taking a study break instead of like scrolling Mm -hmm. on my phone during my study break or trying to figure (laughs) out what's going on on Instagram. Just basically putting the phone down during the study break maybe walk into the at the time I was living in an apartment in Florida so walk into the mailbox and back. I know I don't have no mail. No one sent me nothing.
0: But just the principle <laughs>
1: like, I'm going to walk to the mailbox and come back. <laughs> and that kind of right. little things. like Or, like, maybe changing your scenery for study studying. Um, yeah. Me, personally, I don't study well at home because I find everything else to do besides studying. Exactly. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. I like, to take naps. And like, so, yeah. But if I'm in a coffee <laughs> shop or, like, outside somewhere, like, I'm not going to take a nap. So just little things like that. Know yourself know your study habits and things like that so yeah that's another piece of advice
0: yeah no that's that's so important changing your environment I know if I'm laying down in my bed (laughs) and I'm trying to study I'm taking a nap like it's (laughs) that's not the best place for me to study and coffee shops are aesthetically pleasing and I don't know just the environment just small coffee and nice little table you have your all your study materials on the table and just like, okay, I feel like it's going to be a productive study time. So it, at least mentally, it sounds like it's going to be effective, yeah. but you know, it's very great to always try those different options because it will help out in the future. Yeah, definitely does trial and error, but yes, <laughs> we literally trial and error. <laughs> But Marcy, thank you again for joining me in this episode. I learned so much about you from like OT to OTD, fine tune, everything in between. I'm sure the audience learned a lot about you as well. So thanks again.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And if you have any social media handles, which I know you do, um, definitely this is a time to let everyone know so they can follow you.
1: Okay, well you can follow me on Instagram at Marcy, M-A-R-C-E-Y underscore O T D S. Um, that's my personal Instagram, and then Fine Tune has one as well. So it's just FineTune128. And then I also have a Facebook, which is Marcy Price. There
0: we have it, guys. Thank you for listening in. I have my girl Marcy here talking about herself and talking about being an OTD student. She's about to finish her OTD program in May, which is very exciting. So congrats in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she's just an amazing person. And this is so funny because this is the first time we actually were able to see each other face to face, but hopefully we can see each other in person in the future once COVID like kind of dies down. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Yeah, but thanks so much again, Marcy. Uh, Guys, this was the next episode of Reaching Your Potential, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out.